Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another edition of the ML Sports Platter. It's all brought to you by Burn Dairy, Stanley Law Offices, Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual in New York State, and our great friends at Brutonace Hardware. If you're in and around Central New York, you got to get over there. Route 11 in Brewerton, right off the Bartell Road exit. They've got every possible house amenity you need. They've got your nuts and bolts, inside, outside, uh, uh, Christmas uh, decorations and, and lights. They have garbage cans. They have pizza ovens and grills and more. Get on over to Brewerton Ace Hardware. It's a great, great place. Uh, Jeff and the gang doing an awesome job. Brewerton Ace Hardware is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. All right, let's do it. Let's recap yet another week in the National Football League, week 12 this time, and try to remember to hand out my game ball at the end. I know I've forgotten a couple of weeks in the audio, and then I write it in the main uh, in the main section where, you know, those of you who download and subscribe see that. Uh, by the way, thank you for all of those downloads and subscriptions. Need more? Keep sharing. Keep pushing. Uh, keep going. Keep subscribing to my YouTube page, um, and uh, it's all very very appreciated. Let's start with last Thursday. Wow, almost a week's gone by since Thanksgiving. Isn't that absolutely unbelievable? Bears over the Lions. You know, look, the Lions had them. I picked the Lions in my pick them because I need to make some moves. Uh, I actually had a pretty good week, but I'm still down um, by, I think, four or five uh, wins. Um, I picked the Lions. I took a chance because, you know, the Bears uh, with Dalton, I, I just, I saw it kind of as a grudge match back and forth. Maybe the home team comes through. And I was wrong. The Lions continue to lose games, find ways to lose games. Um, you know, they were up 14 to 13 going into the fourth quarter, and they just couldn't make enough plays down the stretch as usual. Field goal goes in for the Bears at the buzzer, and that's it, you know. And probably Matt Nagy had his job saved in the process. 0-10-1 are the Lions now. Bears move to 4-7. and After this one, Raiders beat the Cowboys 36-33. In just a remarkable football game. I mean, this was absolutely, positively tremendous. Great game. The game of the Thanksgiving day, I thought, in any sport. Um, you know, Jacobs was really good on the ground. Hunter Renfro was extremely difficult to stop. Um, <clears throat> caught eight balls for 134 yards. Was just the ultimate weapon. I thought the Raiders, too, like, I know that Dallas put up some numbers, 375 yards for Prescott. They only ran at 64 yards, by the way. I mean, this Cowboy team is not the Cowboy team we're accustomed to um, with running it, you know, setting up play action and going from there. I thought the Raiders' defense, even though they gave up 100-yard games to Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and Dak threw for 375 yards and two touchdowns, I felt that the Raiders' defense actually played 
solid enough football until that fourth quarter. You know, and then they kind of let the middle of the field open up a little bit. But they hung on. And the Dallas defense that we've known for the entire year as being one of the best in the NFL, led by the rookie Micah Parsons and company, um, and Neal and Curse and, and Tr- uh, Trayvon Diggs and all these guys, guess what? They really let the Raiders through the cracks a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think Derek Carr uh, continues to just impress. I mean, is there any quarterback this year <clears throat> who's dealt with more than Derek Carr? He loses arguably his number one clear-cut game-breaking wide receiver to a devastating, tragic situation, speeding, killing a young girl and her dog, heartbreaking. Just the thought of it again makes me sick. He's gone. John Gruden's gone. And Derek Carr just keeps playing football. (laughs) You know, 24-39, 373 yards and a touchdown. Again, I mentioned Jacobs. He was great. 87 yards on a um, <clears throat> 22 carries and one touchdown. Hunter Renfro was great. Eight receptions for 134 yards. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson, you know, he's been kind of a football nomad, and people thought he was done. Well, there's some gas left in that tank, man. He is still so fast. Three for 102 yards. Excuse me. Yeah, three for 102 and a touchdown. Um, just outstanding. And then Zay Jones and Waller and, and some others gotten. The passing game, Derek Carr shared the wealth. Um, I thought they were really, really good. I, Jonathan Abram was a monster for the Raiders in this game. He had 10 tackles, seven were solo. Uh, Ngakwe got a sack in this game. That was good to see if you're a Raider fan. So just a really great win for the Raiders. And, <clears throat> you know, the Cowboys, you know, again, I said this a few weeks back. I held to it then. I'm holding to it now. You can't trust this team. Big stage. Are they with the big boys? You can't trust them. You can't trust them to win huge games. You can't trust them on the big stage. You can't trust Mike McCarthy. You can't. I don't care how good uh, how good uh, uh, Dak Prescott is. You know, I don't care how good Ceedee Lamb is. I don't care how good when healthy Amari Cooper is. I don't care how good Michael Gallup is. I don't care how good Micah Parsons is. So Dallas Cowboys the last you know thirty years or so, 25, 30 years. You cannot trust them in a big spot. And the Raiders, <clears throat> you know, they stay above water to try and make the postseason. And the Cowboys at 7-4 and four are way behind the top echelon of teams. But I, mean, I think the Rams are now, too, in that NFC. I think it's a three-horse race. I think it's Arizona. I think it's Green Bay. And I think it's Tampa Bay. But these are the games that you need to win if you're an upper echelon top dog guy. You're home. It's Thanksgiving. You always play on Thanksgiving. You're playing a team that is... I mean, obviously, they're fighting for their playoff lives as well, but you 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 look at the other side, you, you probably should pound for pound beat them. You know, I think Dak's a little bit better than Derek Carr. I think the Cowboys' weapons are better than the Raiders. I, I think their defense and Parsons and playmakers, I think they have more there. And they just figure out a way to lose on the big stage in a game they really needed in terms of their playoff uh, positioning. Now, they'll probably still win the NFC East, and that's fine, but... It's going to be a tough road if they want to try to get to the Super Bowl. And I just don't, I don't trust them anyway. Uh, Cowboys move to seven and four. Raiders uh, move to six and five. Um, I should say Cowboys fall to seven and four. Uh, last Thanksgiving Day game, Bills beat the Saints 31 to six. Um, this was uh, a huge, again, two sided coin here for the Bills. 
You had no other choice but to win. You got absolutely rolled over by the Colts. You've lost to the Jaguars. You've fallen down. You're not in first place in the East anymore in the AFC. You had to win this game, period, in a discussion. They did it. They went on the road, took care of business. The other side is, boy, are the Saints bad, right? I mean, the Saints just don't have any weapons. They've got Trevor Simeon. They don't have any wide receivers. Camaro was out. Offensive line is super banged up. So the Bills did what they had to do. Um, Josh Allen, despite throwing two picks, you know, had the four touchdowns and, and was probably, um, you know, the best player on offense for the Bills. I still think they need to go to Stephon Diggs more early, uh, hoping that they do that this week against New England on Monday Night Football. I'll have a, a NFL Week 13 preview out later in this week for the platter. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, Matt Breida, they all totaled 113 yards on the ground. The Bills, <clears throat> you know, still trying to establish a ground game when it's not necessary. And then where it is necessary, they go away from the ground game. I, I don't know what the real, I don't know what the rhyme and reason is here with this, but it, it's just an absolute mess in terms of their ground game. Um, but Stefan Diggs, look, seven receptions for 74 yards and touchdown. You know, if you look at this guy's stats this year, he has 67 catches tied for seventh in the NFL, 847 yards and seven touchdowns. 12.6 average per catch, that's 50th in the league. You know, he's doing this quietly, in my opinion. You know, he's doing it quietly. And I think he should have a 1,000 yards or more by now. Easy. He needs to be targeted more. He's your best player. The Bills need to start throwing the ball to Diggs right away. But if you're the Saints, you're not winning that game with, you know, little Jordan Humphrey and Traquan Smith and Ty Montgomery and Trevor Simeon, and Tony Jones Jr. I don't even know who any of these guys are. Um, you know, no offense to them, but the Saints just aren't good. They don't have weapons, and they've dropped to 5-6, and six, and that pretty much does it for them uh, this season. I, I mean, unless they win out and get breaks, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we kind of knew it was going to be, you know, like this this year for them. You know, Drew Brees last year, even though we didn't give him a lot, uh, you're still going, you know, they started the transition last year into this year, no breeze. And then the Michael Thomas situation. So it, it was it was kind of expected. I'll tell you what, two proud franchises that the last, what, 15, 20 years, they've won a Super Bowl, the Saints and the Seahawks, um, who had, uh, in one case, a legendary quarterback in, Russell, uh, in, in, in Drew Brees. He's now retired. By the way, I think Drew Brees is doing a nice job. I think he's doing a really nice job as a studio host. Uh, and, and I think, not a studio host, a studio analyst. And I think he's doing a terrific job, <clears throat> you know, doing color. I thought he was great uh, with Tirico, um during the Bills game. I really did. I thought he was fantastic. Um, and, you know, and then you have Russell Wilson in, in the Seahawks. You know, are they going to move on from him? Um, I, I think they are at the end of the year. I think the NFC East teams make a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the Eagles have a lot of draft capital. The Giants could trade. I think they have a couple first-round picks. Uh, you know, you could get... <laughs> Put Russell Wilson in a huge market. You know, uh, his wife wants to be in a big market. You put him in the in in that situation. Uh, you give him some weapons with Tony and company and Saquon. <clears throat> Maybe the Giants should go make the splash, right? Bills defense at Oliver, Mario Addison, two best players on the field for them. Although I think at Oliver, I'd give number one had a half a sack, could have had an, another whole sack. Uh, Mario Addison, um, you know, Oliver blew up the play. Addison got the sack as a result. Uh, Matt Milano, pretty good. You know, we saw a little bit more of the plays I need from Matt Milano, which is the blow-up plays. 
you know, stopping screens, uh, tackles for loss, things of that nature. He had one of those. Eight tackles total, uh, five solo. Edmonds had eight and five as well. Um, you know, and then everybody else was kind of just really solid, I thought. And obviously the Bills win this game, but a huge loss is Tredavious White is out for the year with a torn ACL. And so now the Bills will try to, you know, kind of use a patchwork secondary, and Dane Jackson is the next man up. Bills move to 7-4, and four, Saints fall to 5-6. and six. Let's move to the Sunday games. The Bengals, one of the most impressive teams in football over the week. I mean, this team went into Pittsburgh, and they flexed their muscle. And I know that they've had some tough games this year, some stretches where some people are like, hey, this is the same old bungles. This team's not going anywhere. Um, you know, that two-week that two week stretch where they got beat by the Jets and by Cleveland. And by the way, they lost to the Bears in week two. But could you imagine if the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland game is what it is. They got killed, though. I mean, they lost by 25. But, like, if they beat the teams they're supposed to beat <clears throat> this year, right, in terms of the Jets and the Bears, that's a nine-win football team, you know? That's a nine-win football team. They're seven and four as it is right now, and they are pushing Baltimore uh, every inch to win that AFC North. And 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 I'll tell you what, the Cincinnati Bengals again. They Joe Mixon sets the tone there. Unbelievable day: twenty-eight carries, one hundred sixty-five yards, and two touchdowns. And they just, you know, Cincinnati when they get Mixon going like that. Jamar Chase had five uh, had. Uh, had three catches for 39 yards, but T. Higgins had a great game. Six catches for 114 and a touchdown. He kind of was the third uh, beast there, the third weapon. I've, I've talked about it all year with these guys. Burrow, Mixon, and then Jamar Chase. And in, in this case, it was T. Higgins. I am absolutely, positively, really, really, really enamored by the Bengals. <clears throat> I think every single week, they can go out and do exactly what they did against the Steelers because they have that high octane of an offense. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, I know Burrow had the pick, but, you know, whatever. Uh, still was 20-24, had 190 yards, didn't do anything spectacular. Really good QBR, really good rating. Um, just stayed the course. Cincinnati, um, you know, had the pick six. It was an unbelievable pick six. Um, you know, Mike Hilton, what a great, what a great snag that was. Um, you know, and the Cincinnati defense came to play. They punched Roethlisberger in the mouth. Um, they did their job uh, against, you know, Najee Harris. <clears throat> Pittsburgh really didn't run the ball at all. I mean, they only had 51 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, solid days, I guess. Um, but when Pat Freermuth is the guy who catches your only touchdown, you're in trouble. Um, and you lose 41-10 to 10 to the Bengals uh, and just get absolutely steamrolled. T.J. Watt didn't look like himself in this game. Uh, you know, he was back, Mika Fitzpatrick was back, Cam Hayward we know was a beast, but this, that, that just didn't matter. And this is obviously a huge loss because, again, late in the year, when you lose one game, your record looks a lot different than it would look if you had won that game, right? Like 7-5 and five looks a lot different than 8-4, and four, right? In the Pittsburgh Steelers case, they also tied the Detroit Lions earlier this year. So they're not 5, you know, they're not 6-5, and five, they're 5-5-1. Five, five and one. That looks a lot different than 6-5, and five, doesn't it? Because 6-5 and five is still... Uh, up there a little bit. <clears throat> now they're still in the hunt, as they say, five and five and one. Um, but boy, the AFC is really tight with those wild card teams. Really is. With the emergence of the Patriots, um, you know, you figure right now at this point, you've got 
you know, New England or Buffalo will win the division. And then the other team will get one of the wild cards. Baltimore or Cincinnati will win the division. The other team will get the wild card. That's two right there. That's two wild cards, you know. AFC South, I mean, we'll get to the Colts in a second here, but Tennessee, you know, will 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 you know probably I, I would think hang on and win that division. <clears throat> Although all of a sudden they're back to the pack at eight and four. Um the Colts could they be a wild card? Maybe, right? Like the Chiefs are coming on, the defense playing well, they're coming off a bye week. You know, Kansas City, I think, is a front runner to win the AFC West, but then you have the Chargers lurking. You have the Denver Broncos lurking, who just beat the Chargers. More on that in a minute. So it's tight times for the Steelers, man. It is. Five, five, and one. And now the Bengals move to seven and four. Buccaneers 38-31 winners over the Colts. Bucks move to eight and three. Colts are six and six. And Indianapolis was riding that momentum of beating the um beating the Bills in Orchard Park handily, but, you know, the situation is very simple in this game. It was too much Fournette, too much Gronkowski, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in the second half, that's the Super Bowl defense, is it not? I mean, the Colts scored 24 in the first half. Unbelievable adjustments by the Tampa Bay defense in the second half. They only let up that touchdown in the fourth quarter. That was it. The Tampa Bay defense locked down. They... They picked off Carson Wentz twice. Jonathan Taylor had 83 yards and a touchdown. That's exactly what you want if you're playing them, right? Um, the defense, I mean, you want to talk about the, the safeties and corners. We've kind of been waiting for them to have a really, really great half to say, okay, they haven't disappeared all the way. Whitehead was great. Pass rushers were great. Linebackers were terrific. Tackling in the middle of the field. Everybody from top to bottom, up front to the back. You know, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Antoine Winfield Jr., Jordan Whitehead, they were all over the place. You know, Winfield Jr. had one of the picks. Pierre Desir had the other one. Um, you know, the Vikings made a lot more plays than the Colts did. And and look, you know, Rob Gronkowski, I'm telling you, this guy continues to be an unbelievable player. Marvel, he was absolutely unguardable in this game. He was moving the chains, stretching the field, <clears throat> making guys miss. 17.6 yards per reception. Pretty impressive day. Leonard Fournette had 100 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, and he caught seven balls for 31 yards and a score. He was an absolute beast. I didn't see what his fa final fantasy numbers were, but I got to believe they were like in that 30 range, right? I mean, that is just a 30, 35, 40 range. I mean, that's, you know, he was, he was unbelievable in this game. Uh, Dolphins beat the Panthers 33 to 10. Don't look now, don't look now, but the Miami Dolphins are hot as a pistol. And I told people in the beginning of the year, I, I told them, just relax. Brian Flores is still the guy. He's still the guy. Don't worry about it. Two was not playing well. I mean, he was he was up and down basically the whole time when they lost two, four, six, seven. Just want to check. Seven games in a row. You know, he was accurate at times, and then he'd throw like a wicked bad pick, <laughs> you know. But it wasn't all on Tua. You know, the defense was getting absolutely run over. I mean, they gave up 45 to Tampa, they gave up 27 to the Colts, 31 to the Vegas Raiders. They gave lost 35 nothing to Buffalo. You know, and then they started tightening up. And I'll tell you what, they lost by two to the Falcons. Falcons are terrible. They lost by, they should have, really, they should have been in it a little bit longer against the Bills, um, you know, in Buffalo back on Halloween. I mean, you remember that game, Miami controlled it for about two and a half, three quarters. I mean, the Bills were lucky to get out of that. That's another tightrope game that the Bills have played this year. And you started to see some major things happen and some adjustments and coaching. And 
um, you know, dominating the line of scrimmage again and that Brian Flores attitude. And so fast forward now, and we have four straight wins for this team, albeit two against Houston and New York, the Jets, and the other against Carolina, but they did beat Baltimore. So they've beaten Houston, Baltimore, Jets, and Carolina. And Waddle had a great game coming out party. He had a great game against Houston. Uh, he's, I think, one of the best receivers in football, frankly. I, I might put him, you know, I might put him top 15 already here at this point in his early career. Uh, he's a major weapon, and, and it looks as though Tua has really been climbing out of some things here. He had a very, very efficient game, 27 to 31 for 230 yards and a touchdown. The Dolphins are in the hunt, 5-7, and seven, uh, and the Panthers fall to 5-7. and seven. An absolute stomp job by the Patriots over the Tennessee Titans. And yes, I do understand everybody who's hitting me on social media, TikTok, Twitter, whatever, I get it. I know the Titans are missing. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. I know that's also a part of football. And the Titans still have their quarterback. They still have a very good offensive line. <clears throat> they still have a very good pressure cooker defensive line that we've seen this year make a lot of plays. Injuries suck. There's no doubt. There's no doubt, but New England, I mean, New England dominated. And the way they're playing right now, <clears throat> controlling the game, running it, Mac Jones, a little bit more rope to use each and every week, right? This guy, he's been fantastic. Um, I mean, the defense is just so opportunistic, and it's so dominating. Every single time a ball is thrown to a guy, Split second, there's a Patriot there, right? Split second. Um, they're going with that two tight end system, and their receivers are able to are able to get more space because of it. Even when Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and I know Mac Jones missed Hunter Henry on an easy touchdown, but even when those guys aren't doing anything, and Jonu Smith had an all right day. I mean, he had three catches and 49 yards. It's about the other guys. The other guys are getting open. Kendrick Bourne's getting open. Jacoby Myers is getting open. Because those tight ends are running all over the field in mismatch-type areas. <clears throat> and if Mac Jones sees him great, if he doesn't, he can go to the outside. You know, he, he can he can hit the quick, quick slant route. I mean, he can do anything he wants in this offense right now. They're able to run the football. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, those two guys have been uh, terrific. And Mac Jones is working off the play action, ball control, time of possession, offensive line. The last four or five games has been terrific. And their defense is just, they, they swallow you. They do. Devin McCourty is everywhere. Kyle Duger is everywhere. Chuan Bentley uh, had an unbelievable game for the New England Patriots. Uh, Ten total tackles, five were solo, and he had a sack in this game. Patriots had two sacks total in the game. You know, the other one was Matthew Judon. Shocking. What a year for him. Defensive player of the year so far for me is Matthew Judon. 28 solo tackles and 11 and a half sacks so far. He's a linebacker. He's a linebacker with 11 and a half sacks. And by the way, if you need to, he was picked in 2016 by the Ravens. If you're good, you're good, right? I always have to remind people about that. If you're good, you're good. Matthew Judon went to Grand Valley State. Not exactly a football powerhouse. Patriots moved to 8-4. and four. Tennessee falls to 8-4. and four. Patriots right now, I think, are the scariest team in the NFL. 
I said it. Bill Belichick. Coaching is absolute mind off. Unbelievable effort by this team. Defense has been great. Um, they're winning with the recipe that they wrote on the card in the beginning of the year. They have not deviated from that. They're winning with ball control and time of possession. A great defense that creates turnovers and havoc and all the rest. Um, and then you also have a situation where, because you can run the football, Mac Jones is getting more and more comfortable in the offense, and he's given a little bit more rope week to week, and the receivers are getting better with that. And it's just, it's all coming together for New England. Giants beat the Eagles 13-7. This game was pathetic. It was ugly. And you know what? With all the heartache that the Eagles have given the Giants over the years, I thought for sure they were going to do it again to them. But they couldn't take it down and score. 13-7 Giants over the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was awful in this game. Uh, throwing the football on that last drive especially just did not, uh, you know, they didn't convert. Although, you know what? Hang on a minute. I forgot about a key moment. I'm not going to put this game on Hurts. I'm not. Well, he had three interceptions. <clears throat> One of those was at the end of the game. And it should have been a catch. And it should have, could have been a touchdown. There was a drop by an Eagles wide receiver right at the goal line, right in his hands. That is not on Hertz. The other two interceptions I'll put on Hertz. 14 to 31 also for the day. He wasn't that accurate. He had a horrible QBR, horrible, horrible rating. He was awful for the most part in this game. Not on that last uh, sequence, not on that last drive. The player dropped the ball. Hertz had 77 yards on the ground, by the way, with eight carries. Um, <clears throat> I, I can't put it all on Hertz. He, he did not have a good day throwing the football. But he got him in position late drive to win the football game in the Eagles. And they just dropped the ball. And that hurts for, for Philly. Uh, they fall to 5-7. and seven. The Giants improve to 4-7. and seven. Um, And as Mike Vaccaro from the New York Post said, you know, this will have to do for now. <laughs> you know, if you're a Giants fan, right? It'll just have to do beating your um, rival that you hate so much. Falcons over the Jaguars 21-14. Not a ton to say here except that Corderell Patterson continues to be really, really impressive. One of the great weapons uh, in the NFL. 16 carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. The Falcons 5-6 and six now. Jaguars fall to 2-9. and nine. One of those wins, of course, against the Buffalo Bills, which is absolutely inexcusable for Buffalo. Jets beat the Texans 21-14. to You know, I, I picked the Texans in the pick'em. This was an ultimate flip game, I, a toss-up game. I said, ah, you know. Felt pretty good. Houston was up 14, you know, 14-11 at the half. And all of a sudden, the Jets scored 10 points in the second half. And that Jet defense came to play. They were dominating. They improved to 3-8. and eight. Texans are 2-9. and nine. Broncos, 28-13 winners over the Chargers. You know, look, I don't know how Patrick Sertain, by the way, is just an unbelievable player. What a player. Two interceptions, second one took to the house. Denver defense is absolutely suffocating. And I look at this roster, and I just don't know. You know? <laughs> I, I really don't know. I don't know how, how they're 6-5. and five. You know? I mean, I think Melvin Gordon III's a nice player. I think Teddy Bridgewater's been a solid Band-Aid for a quarterback. I love Cortland Sutton at receiver, but he's been hit and miss. I mean, he only had two catches in this game. Sometimes he's targeted a lot. Sometimes he's not. And I look at the defense, and I'm like, okay, 
you know, they got a lot of nomads and, you know, some other pretty good players. Like Kyle Fuller's solid. Justin Simmons is solid. I guess Browning's pretty good. Sertan, I mean, he's been he's been ridiculous. I mean, he had five total tackles. Four were solo, and he had two picks. I mean, he, he was he was insane. Uh, two of his the two picks, by the way, seventy yards total for the return yardage and a touchdown. I, you know, he's an absolute difference maker, and he's you know he's in the long line. He's in the long line again. You can't call Alabama running back you, quarterback you, receiver you. You got to call it everything you right. And uh, he's just been a great corner. And he was the first. Uh, he was picked, you know, ninth. In the first round in this past year's draft, and he's already a shutdown corner. And you know, the Buffalo Bills, I know that they wanted a lot of the pass rush fixed. You know, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, I think they'll both be fine for the Bills long term. And I know it's easy to say because prisoner in the moment, Trey White's out for the year and all that. But you know, I look at the Stokes kid in Green Bay, I look at Patrick Sertan with Denver. You know, you wonder if the Bills maybe should have moved up to get a shutdown corner, to put on the other side of Trey White. And then if Trey White goes down, which he has, now he's your you know, he's your number one. You don't have that much of a fall off, and then you have the other guys. Instead of Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson, maybe you have Stokes and Levi Wallace. Maybe you have Patrick Sertan and Dane Jackson. You know, Again, you miss some, you win some. I don't know if it's a miss. I don't know if it's a win. We got to wait for Rousseau and Basham. But the Bills, man alive, going into this stretch run here without Trey White, you know, and, and, and that inconsistent pass rush, I'm just not sure. I'm really not. Uh, a couple more games to talk about. Packers over the Rams, 36-28. This game was, you know, Green Bay, what a first half. It was 20, actually, what a game. It was 20-17 to at the half. Then Green Bay had that big third quarter. 16-0 outscored the Rams. Rams outscored them 11-0. It was just kind of a Packers keep coming situation. Rams get a little bit. Oh, Packers come back. Packers get it again. Packers again. And they just, and then they had enough in the fourth quarter to win the game. The three-headed monster. I've said it all year. There are certain teams that have it. The Packers are one of them. Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon, monster, Devontae Adams. If it's not Dillon, it's Aaron Jones. It's a, it's a three-pronged attack. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. The toe injury did not stop Rodgers at all. He was, he was great. 28 of 45 for 307 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, in Green Bay, I, I think the NFC is going through Lambeau. I do. Um, it's they're nine and three right now. They're five and zero at home. It didn't help them last year in the in the NFC title game. I get that. Buccaneers and Brady went in and won on the road. Uh, terrible, terrible single coverage at the end of the first half, which basically changed the game. I think this year is different. I think Green Bay. I think Rodgers. They're 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 playing with an absolute uh, boulder on their shoulder. Rodgers. With all the drama, with Corona, with the offseason stuff, all that, you know, them, him in the front office, I think he's going to get a brand new contract, and I think he's going to be a Packer for life. And I think Green Bay is going to go to and win the Super Bowl. I said it in the beginning of the year. I think it's it had a feel for a last dance situation, but I don't think it will be a last dance um, because I think Rodgers is there to stay. Now, look, maybe he's not. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a very, very interesting individual. He's a bipolar dude. Uh, maybe he's uh, happy right now and they're winning and they can win a Super Bowl. And then he says, all right, screw you. I'm out of here. Uh, trade me. I need to be traded. Um, you know, send me to Denver. I want to go try to do it somewhere else. I want to keep building a legacy. So maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I don't know. You know, trade me to a big market. Put me in Philly. I want the pressure. Put me in, you know, put me in with the Giants, you know, something of that nature. Pittsburgh, Big Ben's going to be done. I don't know. I don't know. 
I think he's going to be a Packer for life. That's just the read on it right now. I'm not inside the walls. I don't know him. I don't know Gutenkist. I don't know any of the, I don't know anybody. Matt LaFleur. But that's what it seems like from the outside here. Green Bay moves to 9-3. and 5-0 and at home. Rams fall to 7-4. and Now the Rams have come back. They're like Dallas now. They're behind the big three. It's a three-horse race up front. You know, your, your, your secretariat, American Pharaoh, and I don't care. You want to throw in Affirmed? You want to throw in Seattle Slough? You want to throw in somebody else? War Admiral? The three-horse race is Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. Those are the three best teams. And while I say that, watch out for the 49ers. I mentioned that the Patriots, number one, scary team to play. 49ers are right there at number two. I mean, this team right now, a lot of things are coming together. They had a huge interception. Shire's INT set up the Mitchell touchdown. Mitchell was great. 27 carries, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Ayuk for the 49ers. I got drubbed in fantasy this past week because I had some no-shows. Um, Godert was terrible for Philadelphia, and Lamar Jackson gave me nothing. Um but I have Ayuk on my fantasy team. Now I had to pick him up because I've had so many injuries and, and different things. I picked up him. I picked up Kirk. You know, three catches for 91 yards. And he is just an absolute weapon right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins, isn't it unbelievable? This is finally the year. I know he threw the pick. But finally the year where Kirk Cousins is playing great football. Finally. And yet everything else is falling apart. Right? For the most part. I mean, Delvin Cook... Hit and miss. Justin Jefferson's been relatively consistent. But that Mike Zimmer defense, man. I mean, you know, when 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 the calling is there, when you've got to get a stop, they can't get them. They can't get stops. So this 49er team now moves to six and five. Vikings fall to five and six. It's just amazing. You know, you think if you went into this year and you said Kirk Cousins is going to give you this right here through 12 weeks of the season, he's going to give you this. You think the Vikings are a playoff team, right? 23 TDs, only three interceptions tied for first. 3,000 yards already on the season. Pretty darn accurate. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I would have thought that the Vikings were a playoff team for sure. 49ers defense. Mm. Aziz El Shair, whoa. Interception, eight tackles, seven solo. And you got to know every single time you look around, Fred Warner is going to be out for a week or two with a hamstring injury. Uh, I had to dump him on my fantasy team as well. Um, but you got to know, again, where Nick Bosa is at all times. He had a sack in this game. This 49er defense is extremely physical, extremely opportunistic, right? They're a team you do not want to play right now, man. I'm telling you, you don't want to play the 49ers. Absolutely horrific primetime games. I'm just going to lump them in together. Not a lot to say about them. Ravens beat the Browns 16-10. to Sunday Night Football. And look, Lamar Jackson was awful. They didn't get any uh, production really out of anybody. By default, Baker Mayfield had 247 yards. He, he, was, he was horrible for the most part. He's injured also. I get that. Uh, this was just a defensive grudge match, AFC North. Both teams just didn't look good, but the Ravens, they figure out ways to win these games, and the Browns don't. I know Baker's hurt. I get it. But the Ravens figure out how to win this anyway, right? I mean, they do. The Browns fall back to 6-6. Six and six. The Ravens are 8-3. and three right now, but getting pushed by Cincy in the AFC North. 
Um, and then Washington beats the Seattle Seahawks 17-15. to What an unbelievable end of the game, though, where Russell Wilson tossed the clutch TD, but they couldn't convert the, the tying two-point conversion. I mean, that was, that was a heck of a finish. I was kind of hit and miss with this football game all night. I was, I was watching some hockey. Uh, I had the DVR going a little bit. I was trying, I'm trying to finish a book, which is always the case. Um, but then I watched the last few minutes in that, in that drive where, you know, Russell Wilson just stepped up right in the pocket threw an absolute laser over the middle. Um, just a great job by, by Wilson to elude the pressure, get up in the middle and, and throw the touchdown. His thumb still doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. But that was a heck of a throw to Swain over the middle. But then the two-point conversion, <clears throat> you know, it, it was so close. Wilson threw it to the back of the end zone. And he tried to throw it probably in in too tight a space. And if you watch the throw, it kind of sailed a little bit to the right on him. Uh, there was a tight, tight space. Uh, he was going for Swain again, and and it was it was so I mean it was super tight. I just watched the replay uh, a couple of times as I'm talking, and you know Wilson thought he had him there and just threw it a little to the right, right, and that was it. You know, oh boy, so mm, awfully difficult stuff there. Awfully difficult. Awfully, awfully difficult. Tough loss for the Seattle Seahawks. Um. Freddie Swain, man. Who knew? You know? But they lose the game. And Seattle, I mean, Seattle just keeps, you know, falling down. I, I think, you know, they, they need to be in a rebuild. They've got to figure out what they want to do. I, would I trade Russell Wilson? Of course I wouldn't. I would keep building around him. It's Russell Wilson. But, you know, if he wants out and you can't fix it and you can't you can't get anything that he wants and, and everything and, and you can get some draft capital and maybe you send him to Philadelphia, you get three first-rounders. Right. I, I mean, maybe you do that. Uh, Washington, meanwhile, is in the hunt. Five and six, playing better. Playing better. And uh, this is more of you know the Washington football team. The last thing I'll say on this is the Washington football team is the last three. I got to click on their schedule to make sure I was right. Yeah, three in a row. They've won three games in a row, and they've looked really good doing it. They won t- against Tampa Bay. That was an unbelievable win. They won at Carolina. They beat Seattle. I know two bad teams there at the back end, but... Tell you what, you got to win in the NFL against the teams you play. They also showed some pretty good fight against Denver, losing by a touchdown on Halloween the week before that. They lost by two scores to Green Bay, but they were in that game. Um, this is the Washington football team I think we 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 thought we were going to get at the beginning of the year. In fact, it's the team I picked to win the NFC East because I just never can trust the Dallas Cowboys. ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and our great friends at Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to find you the maximum award. I want to hand out my game ball for week 13, uh, as or week 12, I should say. Uh, week 12 as we head into week 13. You know, I can always go all over the board with this, but um, and, and have a really, really difficult time in, in picking someone. But this week for me, it was actually relatively easy. I'm going to go Leonard Fournette. I watched a lot of that game. I saw a lot of how the offense was working. I know Gronkowski had a great day, could have easily given it to him too. But like for a day where the the offense really wasn't 
um, getting uh, Godwin and Mike Evans open. I mean, those guys are superstar wide receivers for the Buccaneers. Well, maybe not superstar. They're superstars for the Bucs, but they're not in the you know top five category. They're, they're probably top 10 to 15. But they had 40 total yards on seven catches. Leonard Fournette controlled this football game from start to finish. 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns, and then he caught seven balls for 31 yards and a touchdown. He was unbelievable. He set the tone in this game. And Tom Brady couldn't find his star wide receivers. Tom Brady also was was pretty solid in this game. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't awful. Um, Leonard Fournette set the tone. So I'm going to give it to Leonard Fournette, my game ball, the Buccaneers running back. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's the ML Sports Player. That's my Week 12 NFL recap. Be sure to hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We're brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Bruton Ace Hardware, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and our great, great friends over at the Syracuse Fitness Store. Awesome workout equipment uh, going on right now, perfect for the holidays. They have bikes, they have your ellipticals, they have the Stairmasters, they have your workout uh, mats and your weights and more. Go to Syracuse Fitness Store now, Erie Boulevard, if you're in and around central New York. Syracuse Fitness Store, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And do want to throw a tip of the cap thank you to Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse and our terrific friends over at Camillus Golf Club. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.